Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you all are having a great week. And it's Friday. Don't get confused as you normally see me on Thursdays, but it is Friday. So thank God for Friday's uh, end of that um normal work week if you work on the weekends god bless you (laughs) and um but yeah here we are friday morning uh so and let's get into it we are doing an interesting thing um we're jumping into leviticus one today uh i know we've been in hebrews um one two and three lately and we're gonna go back and forth throughout if you notice the month of october and further uh, back and forth with Hebrews and Leviticus, and there's a lot of parallels. Uh, and Leviticus 1, we're going to really kind of jump right in to uh, the law and the, the sacrificial system and everything else, and really seeing what that's pointing to, uh, and a lot of application for us, even today in our New Testament context. Uh, and so we're going to really look at a lot of that. Um, but I'm excited, and let's get into the Word and see what God has for us. But beforehand, let's pray uh, and let's read. Lord, we just, uh, we thank you this morning for um, what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you bless this time, um, whether you're, it's this morning or you're listening to this later. Lord, I just pray that you bless this time uh, that we are dedicating, devoting to you, uh, that we are sacrificing our time this morning, that we are sacrificing this time as we're listening uh, to be in fellowship with you, Lord, with your word and what your lesson is for us. Lord, I surrender myself to you. Uh, may this word be your word. May you even preach to myself this morning and my soul as much as everybody else on this call and listening later on. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. Get a good stretch in. Drink that last sip of coffee. I already drank mine. Man, that's kind of sad. I want more. <laughs> I'll get more later. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Leviticus 1, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, and the Lord called, <clears throat> verse 1, the Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. Verse three, if the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him then slaughter the young bull in the lord's presence and aaron's sons the priest will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all the sides of the altar that stands 
at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift and pleasing aroma to the Lord. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, it may be either a sheep or a goat. It must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priest, will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. Then cut the animal into pieces, and the priest will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. <clears throat> Verse 13. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift and pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you present a bird as a burnt offering to the Lord, choose either a turtle dove or a pigeon. The priest will take the bird to the altar, uh, wringing off its head and burn it on the altar, but first he must drain its blood against the side of the altar. The priest must also remove the crop uh, and the feathers and throw them into the ashes on the east side of the altar. Then grasping the bird by its wings, the priest will tear the bird open, but without tearing it apart. Then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar. It is a special gift and pleasing aroma to the Lord. Wow, the word of the Lord. <laughs> there you go. All right. Who signed up to be a butcher today? Who <laughs> All right. A lot of um, cutting and a lot of uh, sacrifice and where blood goes. And a lot of detail goes into the instructions here. Um, you know, first, uh, a couple of things we really see is uh, there's a whole sacrificial system in, in general. Um, sacrifice isn't new at this point, right? This isn't like something that God put in place that hasn't been already seen before. Uh, there was animal sacrifices and plenty of other cultures already going on around them. Uh, in Egypt, there was they already saw and did animal sacrifices. It was just different, and it was all of it was man-made. So quick Bible uh, quiz for you. Who did the first animal sacrifice? Who did the first one? God did. God did in Genesis. You go to Genesis 3.21 and it says God covered them with animal skin as he sent Adam and Eve out of the garden into the wilderness. God sacrificed first of his own creation that he called good and wrapped its skin to cover us of the sin. God did the first sacrifice for sin. And God did the ultimate sacrifice for sin as well. See, God uh, starts and finishes it all. 
we are just merely trying to do our best with what we are given. Uh, but God ultimately loves us first, sacrificed first, and of course, he's our creator. So it just it gives you a, a more full picture of his love and respect for us um, as his covenant create creation. But he does something very particular here. First, we see that in Leviticus 1, it's jumping right into the very end of Exodus. There almost is no um, major changeover from like one book to the other. It's just the story is continuing. But notice that the sacrificial system comes after all of the other laws that he started giving him uh, in Exodus, telling us the Ten Commandments and everything else and all the specific ways to judge and look at things uh, and all of that. And now we're and how to also build the tabernacle, all of those specific instructions. Now the sacrificial offerings, the burnt offerings here, and we'll get into even more different types of offerings that are even have more detailed instructions. Two things come from this. Number one, the law was given first. And then if you break it, now I'll give you the, the way to clean yourself up. Because I understand what I gave you. Unfortunately, with your sinful nature, this is not going to be possible to be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect in the, in the way. And God knew this from the very beginning. It's not like God watched us fumble through it and then go, oh, well, I better send Jesus now. Plan B. Jesus was always plan A. Jesus was always plan A, and we see that in representation so much through what the sacrificial system here is. We see that um, we that we, this is a formal sacrificial system, and so I really want to harp on that, that it's formal. God put rules and restrictions around it, that God is saying, this is how to do it the right way for me. That I'm there's particulars in here on how to do it, and it's done so in a manner that guess what? No, no person would want to go through all of this particularity in doing the sacrifice, and it lets us know that this is not man-made. This is a specific plan that God made. This is not how man wants to do his sacrifice. Uh, if if it was a guy, he uh, if we created it, it would just be like, cut his throat, throw it on the fire. There, there'd be no other particularness to it. We're like, well, if it's all going to get burned, why do I have to skin it? Why do I have to take the legs off? Why do I have to sprinkle the blood all over? Why do I have to do all? Like, forget it. Just cut his throat and kill it. They throw it up there. Hey, good enough for you. Smells good. and Awesome. Let's go. That would be our way of doing it. Right? We say stuff like this all the time. Uh, work smarter, not harder, right? <laughs> What's the quicker way out of this that uh, is is good enough? Um, we have uh, a couple of you, if you work in the government system or been in the military, we have that saying of good enough for government work. <laughs> you know, it's good enough for government work, like whatever, you know, it'll it'll do, it'll get by. But that's not God's system. God's even saying like, okay, if you mess up, guess what? I even got more instructions that you need to be obedient to. That if you want to get right, if you really want to understand the penalty for sin, I got some more stuff for you that you have to go through to get right. 
And that's the whole point here is even through the sacrificial system and all of these particularities that we're going to go through here in a minute, even through these particularities, we still couldn't get it right. We still couldn't even do it right. And later on, it talks in, um, in the Old Testament, he, the Israel is actually breaks down and they, they do that. They, instead of bringing males in the firstborn and uh, instead of bringing uh, animals with no blemishes, they throw anything up there. And they're actually, uh, God sends a prophet to rebuke them of this. And like this, you're not, you're not even taking uh, the seriousness of your sin seriously. But so we see here, what are these particulars and what are they pointing to? So we see that one, uh, these sacrifices handle two things, propitiation and consecration. Well, Nick, those are big words. What do those mean? Okay. Propitiation is atonement or otherwise the payment for the sin. This is the payment. Instead of you dying, we're going to have something else die in your place. It's the propitiation of your sin. This is what Christ did for us. He atoned. He is the ultimate payment for all sin for all time because of how holy and perfect he is and was on earth. We also have consecration. That is a special devotion to God to otherwise make uh, to make it clean before God, to make us clean before him. So it's paying for that sin and it's bring, making us clean, making us, if you will, in a temporal sense, holy and righteous. And that's exactly what this sacrificial system is, is that it's temporal at best. It's not it's not eternal like Christ's sacrifice. This is just a small stepping stone, a good enough for a little while until you sin again. Then you have to do another sacrifice. Each sin specifically needed to be sacrificed for. And later we'll even talk about the annual one just for all of Israel, just to cover all the ones that you forgot about. Just to forget and cover all the other sins that maybe you didn't even recognize that you did. Maybe the unforgiveness that you're, you're so buried deep in you uh, that you don't even recognize that you're not atoning for it. And so there's even an annual uh, whole nationwide sacrifice that gets done. There's so many sacrifices. God's creation is, I'm surprised cattle are even around anymore. You should re, uh, like re-remember in, in how many in Chronicles and Kings of how much like Samuel and so many other kings of Israel uh, sacrificed thousands and thousands of bulls and thousands and thousands of, um, of sheep and goat uh, and doves and pigeons and everything. The amount of sacrifice that was done to atone for sins and try to make Israel right before God was astronomical throughout the ages. Man, Peter would have a heart attack if it was in the Old Testament. I'm telling you, it would not be good. We look at like we have um, things that sometimes boggle our mind in today's in certain culture of it, it had to be a male. What do you mean? What kind of sexism is that? 
it really had nothing to do uh, specifically. It just happened to look at if you're a farmer, if you're uh, if you deal with cattle, if you deal with livestock at any uh, in any form, uh, a male is actually more valuable on the market. There, a particular reason is because when you get uh, a female pregnant, she can't like do anything more. She's pregnant. Uh, but males can go around and continue to impregnate more females to grow your population. So males were very uh, valuable to livestock. And so that's why sacrificing a male because of genetics and biology, it was more valuable because of when you're looking and raising livestock, you know, like, ooh, I need my males. That's a big hurt. That's like saying, okay, I've got, uh, I've got all these bills in my wallet. Uh, do I give the one or the one with a couple of zeros behind it? Which one do I give? And it's like, well, the one with a couple of zeros behind it is going to have more impact in my wallet than the single one. This, and so it's, it's just giving of uh, what is going to bring more value. We have to sacrifice that. And we there's all these uh, Old Testament kind of like word parables where the farmer has um, two male bulls and he's sitting around and it's time for uh, presenting the sacrifice and talks to his wife and he's like, oh, I don't know which one should I uh, bring to the Lord and and he putzes around on which one of the males he should bring uh, to sacrifice to the Lord and. Uh, um, one day he waits around too much and he realizes that one of his uh, male cattle dies of a disease. And he goes and he comes back in and he looks at his wife and says, honey, uh, bad news was that uh, one of the uh, male cows, uh, one of the male bulls out there, the bulls like died of disease. And he looks at his wife and says, well, the Lord took uh, his sacrifice away from us. <laughs> so he doesn't give up the other bull. And he just blames it. Well, the Lord took his sacrifice already. And we just, we look for ways out of providing the sacrifice in which is needed. Another way of skirting the system and try to get around our sin or even paying for our sin. Thank the Lord for Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord. For his love and mercy and grace. We see the other uh, factor that needs to be there is no defects. There's no mark or bruise. There's no birth defects. It's It doesn't have a fifth hoof or anything crazy like that. It's, it, there is, it, it's, it's in perfection from a visible standpoint, though. Because, quite honestly, we can, don't know what's in the bull or the sheep or the goat's heart. But it's, it's no visible defects. This points to Jesus is that, that there's no marks or bruises. There's no sin in its life. It didn't trip up and uh, hurt itself. There's nothing uh, of what would be representation of sin in that animal's life. And there's no broken bones. It was made perfect and it stayed perfect. In all honesty... The only thing that truly is perfect is Jesus Christ. 
But this points to that. This points to even the value of the animal itself. Not only now is it a male, but then we improve the value that it has no blemishes and no birth defects. That it is just like Jesus, that he is without sin and that he also fulfilled the promise, prophecy that no bones will be broken. That nothing, there was zero defects with Christ when he was offered on the cross. Blameless and spotless Lamb of God. That's exactly what we're looking at. In verse 4, it says to also lay on the hands. This is interesting. I, I really, I really love digging into this. And it's lay the hands on the goat's head. So, or the bull's head, or any any whatever animal it is that is taking place of your sin before it's slaughtered, before anything. You bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle. And then it says, Lay your hands on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, make you right with him. In here, in the actual Hebrew of laying your hands or shall put your hands, it's actually saying to put pressure on. Like, it's not just like, ah, just lay my hand on, or like limp fish wrist or whatever, right? It's just, you're, you're putting your weight, you're leaning on it. You're actually leaning on that animal to represent that now you don't hold your own weight. It's holding your weight. It's taking the weight of your sin. It's taking the weight of having to hold you up instead of you holding yourself up. It's showing that we can't do this alone. We can't do this perfectly by ourselves. We can't honestly really take the full weight of our own sin. We just can't. And so we have to lean on Jesus. So we have to lean on his grace and his mercy and what he's done for us on the cross. We have to put our weight on him. This is what this is saying. It's like, so when you put your hands on this animal and you're leaning on him, that animal, your, your understanding is for you to take an understanding of, I sinned, I sinned against you, Lord. This matters so much. I, I can't bear the weight, and I'm putting the weight on this poor bull, poor sheep or goat. I'm putting my sin on it, and it is carrying the weight that I can't carry. It's taking the death that I don't want to take. It's spilling its blood that I don't want to spill. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me and accept this sacrifice on behalf of my foolishness. And that, that's, that's the whole point of this. All of this is meant to be taken very seriously and with deep reverence as the sacrificial system is going on. This isn't just some, uh, it's not supposed to be a ritual in which you just do and then we have a barbecue. It, and the whole thing here is it's a burnt offering. It's not a medium rare offering. 
it's not uh it, you know it's 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 not um it is burnt it's well done this sucker is cooked it's gone it's not for you but it is for you it is to take the weight it is to burn up your sin it is to atone it is to be your propitiation and your consecration it's to point out what's ultimately to come and what we're living in today is christ's amazing wonderful sacrifice for us the only difference is here is that this animal stays dead this animal doesn't come back alive this animal doesn't conquer death it is temporary at best it's temporary for all we know you could have sacrificed a, a massive bull that day and gone back and committed more sins and have to sacrifice another bull the next day and continue on but jesus rose from the dead jesus wasn't completely burned and, and, and annihilated he conquered death because of who he is and his love for us and his grace and his mercy he conquered death so that that one sacrifice is for eternity instead of for temporal time so but the whole big thing here is let's not have to do this let's not have to sacrifice in sacrifice here is that we needed to this needed to be obedient and humility is the whole point of all of these details you you broke my law now i've got even more strict restrictions on how to properly atone and bring propitiation and consecration for your sins This is to be done with obedience and humility. This is done so that it's like, hey, when you sin, look at all the craziness you have to go through to make sure that it's taken care of. And that's just for that one sin. If you committed multiple, you got to do more. This is just, it's just a lot. And you're like, man, this is the price. This is how much. I don't want to have to do this. And the priests up there are like, whoo, man, you are nothing but a butcher. Nothing but a butcher. The amount of sins and uh, offerings and sacrifices that are having to be brought. And the whole thing is, here's the beautiful part. This is voluntary. There are people that I'm sure that, that I'm not bringing this. I can't afford this. I'm, I'll just try to do better next time. Can you imagine that? Can you, I'm sure that at first it's like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to bring, I'm going to save up and make sure I have a nice big fat bull and I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice that, you know, uh, the bull's number one. And then if I can't afford that, then it's the sheep and the goat. And then if I can't afford that, then I, you know, I'll bring, uh, I'll bring one of them New York City pigeons. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of them. 
But at some point, and you know our laziness, you know how uh, over time things just get uh, lackadaisical and habits and how humans operate. It's exactly what happens. And it's like, man, whatever. But this is supposed to be something that we're obedient to. But the whole point here, and then even others just say, well, forget it. I'll just every, I'll just keep bringing doves all day and uh, it, it'll be all right. But then just like we see in saying that we can't take Christ's death and resurrection for granted. And just because he died for our sins doesn't mean that we should keep on sinning. Just because we can bring a pigeon to the priest to take care of it for us, we can't just keep on sinning. We have to see that here, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. In 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, uh, if you messed my message on Wednesday, um, guys, come on out, Cumberland County, uh, on Sunday, fight night, let's go. But this is a part of my message here from 1 Samuel 15, 22. Uh, it says, Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Obedience in a new uh, or sacrifice in a new uh, testament context is basically us saying, Oh God, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. And then you go do it again. Oh no, look! Oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I did. I can't. No, I won't do that again. I, I, I just won't. I no, no, no. And then you do it again, and again, and again. And when will we just learn to be obedient? When will we just learn that obedience is not just something because this mean dad is just beating us over the head with his rules but his rules are there because of his arms of embrace and love want to protect us from the lies of the enemy and the lies in which sin actually is in our lives that's exactly what it is when we even look at the um the second sin cain and abel um and killing abel we thought that that was going to make Cain feel better with all of his jealousy and rage and anger towards him. And that uh, we thought that that was going to make him feel better. And so I'll kill him. But sin's a liar. Sin is nothing more than a liar. And it's a lie to making you think that that will make your feelings feel better that that will make your situation feel better, that it will make your depression go away, that it will make your addictions be okay, and that it will continue to actually be the answer when really the only answer is Jesus and being obedient to him. Sin is nothing but a lie, but we keep feeding into the lie, unfortunately. But thank God for our Savior. 
thank God for Jesus. Thank God that he sent his only son. And for those who believe in him, will have eternal life. May we pray and thank God today. May we be obedient to his calling today as sons and daughters of the Most High. Thank God we're not having to kill livestock and have PETA chasing after us for our religious duty. That we get to have a relationship instead of a religious duty. So I pray that this encourages you today. It encourages you to ask the question of where do you need to be more obedient today instead of offering sacrifices? Where do you need to go forward and be thankful that we're not having to have uh, cattle in our backyard to hold up and atone for our sins? Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the Savior of the world. Thank God that we get to have a relationship with him because of his propitiation and consecration of us. Thank God. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you this morning for all that you have done in our hearts and our lives, that you've done because you loved us first. You loved us so much that you've sent your only son to die for us, to pay for the price of our sin. Lord, may we, may we recognize our sin. May we repent and turn away from it and face you. May we just open our arms and embrace all that you've done for us. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for not only your sacrifice and your blood that covers our sin. And not just a temporal, but an eternal way. But not only that, you conquered death. You conquered the grave through your resurrection. And that you are a living God. Not a dead and burnt God. That we get to have a relationship with today. Lord, may we serve you. May we love you. May we follow you through our obedience today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. Love you guys. Have a great Friday and have a great weekend. See you at church this Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and one other thing, also, anybody that is a dream teamer, we have dream team night at both locations, October 23rd. That uh, is going to be an amazing time, and we can't wait to see you. Uh, dream teamers, it is a night to celebrate and thank you for all your hard work and for hitting it out of the park. We'll see you then October 23rd for that. Take care. God bless. See you Sunday.